0: Hi, I'm Daniel. And before the episode starts, I want to briefly talk to you about the Garden Outreach Project, a WCF program focused on putting faith into action. Our mission is to inspire and support Christadelphians in North America to share Christ's love through outreach initiatives. This is done by facilitating national and local outreach activities, supplying resources, and providing funds to help brothers and sisters serve those in need. For example, in 2020, over 40 ecclesial groups participated in our Bags of Love initiative, which saw over 800 sleeping bags distributed to shelters and those without a home. If you, your ecclesia, or CYC want to learn more and get involved with our latest initiative, please visit our website at www.thegardenoutreach.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Garden Outreach, for the latest news and encouragement. And now, here's the show.
1: Welcome back to Little Faith. I'm Levi, and I'm here with Peter Claussen. How are you doing, Peter? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Levi. It's a treat to see you. It's been too long,
2: and it's so good to
1: see you as well. You had some health problems, but it's also just been a crazy year for everybody. What's your year been like?
2: I think one, the beginning like a year ago when we first got into this pandemic, the challenge was with uh, the music that I was doing uh, frequently in a number of places and, and having lots of activities revolving around that and singing, just everything was pretty much normal, which I loved. However, everything just stopped short and said, okay, you can't do that. And it became one of a challenge just trying to stay motivated and involved when you couldn't have any performances or you couldn't uh, make music with others which is part of my life for sure so i found it challenging to to live through that and then we got through the holidays and the same thing was going on with the holidays and and it wasn't quite the same and and then when uh, january rolled around we were still in the kind of a void all of a sudden one morning i woke up and I felt like my right leg and my right arm were still asleep. And yeah. um, walked down to the piano and sat down at the piano and started to play. And my left hand did fine. And my right hand was like a two-year-old sitting on my lap, pounding at the keys. It was just wow. like being a different person entirely or like starting my life again. And I was still yeah. you know, barely able to play the piano with my right hand. <laughs> Uh, Mm -hmm. So that was a shock. So we went to the hospital and fortunately my wife took me there and and they were extraordinary with me and and they analyzed me and then finally determined it was a stroke and uh, started doing tests on my, on all the the veins and all the things that get blood to the brain and all those kind of things and determined that most of those look good, but I still had a stroke. So uh, after all the tests and three or four days in the hospital, uh, they determined, uh, you know, what it was and what I'm going to need. And I was just thinking, I just can't wait to get home because the hospital is not a fun place to be. Yeah. usually. Right. And when I was talking to the doctor, trying to find out when I'd be actually released, he said it would be ideal if you could get to therapy right away. And I'm going, oh, where would that be? And he said, well, we have a facility and I can check. And uh, it's a fabulous rehabilitation-type therapy, and I can check to see if they have a bed available. And he came back later that day and said, yes, there's a bed available, and they're expecting you this evening. And I said, yeah. wow. So wow. Uh, a short ride in the back of an ambulance after dark, I, I didn't know where I went. <laughs> I went yeah. up in a building, uh, knowing it wasn't far from the hospital, but where, I don't know. And yeah. I was invited about 10 o'clock at night and uh, went to bed pretty soon and slept through the night. Woke up the next morning and then all these wonderful people came in to to assist me with all the things I needed and they made me feel like I was at a spa <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were just wonderful. And then they scheduled the therapy and therapists were extraordinary as well, like my best friends. However, they had a goal of making sure that I got better. They were... Excellent in how they approached it. By I never thought they were doing a job, I thought they were my best friends and they wanted the best for me and, and they wanted right. to keep encouraging me and pushing me forward. And every day I would have speech therapy and then occupational therapy and then music therapy and then physical therapy. You know, wow, therapy most of the day, and they were extraordinary in how they applied everything and they helped me understand little things that I. Didn't know. I, I right. We get to a point in our lives where we do things automatically until they don't happen. And now, yeah. how do I make them happen again? Because I can't yeah. start at two years old and, and work this thing out over the years. So they gave me exactly what I needed to do to improve. They showed me the muscles that controlled how I walk evenly. And they showed me the right hand, how the fine dexterity goes and how you button a shirt. Like I, I put on the shirt today. And I could call yeah. it therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tied the tie. I can ma- I'd call that therapy now. Because right. for, for quite a while, I couldn't tie the tie. I put it on my left hand and started my And then set, the brain is going, okay, right, and take over. I'm, what do I do? It yeah. just wasn't there. <laughs> Weird. I said, you know how to do this. You've been doing this all your life. Come on, just do right. it. And, and it right. didn't. And so huh. it took me figuring out what it takes to tie a tie cerebrally so that I can understand right. what it is, and then to train the right hand how to do that, as if you were starting over again. The fear I had originally was that if the piano could just barely play the piano, I don't have time left in my life to get back to where I was before. Oh, <laughs> It to take too many years, but yeah. as God always does, he never gives us more than we can handle. And That's He right. he allowed me to improve day by day as if I was going month by month and even year by year. And so I'd go from zero to to 60 in in one day, and then i keep going. It's been really a wonderful experience to realize how incredible the brain he gives us is and how we learn to to do things and how we find if the road is closed, we find a detour somewhere and we go around and we come back out the other end. And it takes a while to figure that out, but it works. I was all my life in a vein of saying, my left brain was there when I learned about music and how to play notes and all these kinds of things. And then I'm pretty much done with the left brain. Now I'm in the right brain, which is where we take music from the page and make it come to life. Without that, it's just kind of computer type music. It doesn't have the emotional feeling that it needs. And so I'm saying the right brain is there. It knows what it wants, but the right hand, which is controlled by the left brain, isn't responding. And so right. I, I could feel what I wanted, but I couldn't do it. And uh, it, it, it is a fascinating thing, but fortunately God kept saying, keep on going. And my therapist kept trying this, and try that, see if you can do this. And I would do it and be, oh, great. you know, See if you can do this. Oh, good, that's, that's wonderful. you know, All the positive reinforcement one needs to keep on going and work right. as hard as you possibly can. Because in the morning I'd wake up with lots of energy and I'd go to therapy and I'd come back to the bedroom going, oh, I'm so Fortunately, uh, Brother Greg Wakert, a brother in our ecclesia, was good enough to come over to the house and pick up my keyboard and bring it over to the rehab center and set it up in in the, in the bedroom they had there uh, under the window. So I could sit there and, and start playing the piano and start realizing that, oh, it's coming back. I'm doing this. I'm doing this and so forth. And it, it just is mind boggling what you can yeah. do with God's blessing. And it's encouragement and practice.
1: I, I should do some sort of an introduction for anyone who's never had the pleasure of meeting you. But it, it, music is a huge part of your life. Uh, besides, you're you're very involved any time that, that you're at a gathering or your church's events or anything like that. But you also, you, you work with the symphony, right? Or you did before COVID? Yes.
2: Uh, I'm in the Cleveland Orchestra Chorus. And so when right. we do a, a work that involves a choir, yeah. we the choir sing that. so it's a nice. huge privilege to sing with one of the best or- orchestras in the world and to, right. uh, to make music come to life and so forth. So I, I get a lot of training there, and it, it was amazingly helpful because when the speech, speech therapist said to me, "You're tending to swallow your last syllable, or your last consonant isn't getting el- enunciated, you know?" then I could revert to my musical training and experience of the chorus where we always. <laughs> We have to make sure that the audience hears and understands what we're singing. So I had right. to go into a uh, kind of a, a musical overlay on top of yeah. the spoken voice. Use the rules from here and bring them back to here and then really enunciate very carefully. And when one thinks yeah. about it, one can do it. Normally, when we're talking, we don't think much about that. But there right. are so many uh, issues me in music with a long note or in a hymn like we've seen on Sunday. The, we get to a long note. The normal feeling is that you would get to the note and put the consonant on the end of it, except if you've got four more beats or three more beats to sing before you're done. So it's the con- concept of saying, I'm singing the word no for note and I'm going no. And that's where the T goes. Right. And so even though it's not going to be delayed in speaking, whereas music, you'd hold it and do something with it and then put it on. At least I could have that cerebral ability to say, I need that T. Otherwise, the word is no and not note or the word word is life and not lie. There's so many things where a consonant can make an entirely big difference. So I was blessed, as God always does, with what I needed to be able to apply my thinking
1: toward achieving what I need to do to improve. Interesting. Amazing. And you had your stroke in January. When did you, and then you were in the hospital for how long? And then how long are you at the facility? Four days at the hospital.
2: Four days hospital and almost four weeks at the facility.
1: Wow. I kept thinking I'd be going home. home You've been home for a few weeks then now it's the middle of April.
2: Right. I think I got home in late February. So I've been home since then. Yeah. Good. And I started out in the hospital in a wheelchair. And then I was yeah. at rehab with a therapist. I was in a wheelchair all the time, unless I was working with them on something specific, back to the wheelchair to go back to my room, whatever. And you have this requirement, you don't get out of the wheelchair unless you have somebody with you. Because oh, right. one, they want to make sure you don't fall and then and need more therapy. And at the same time, be protective of you. They were good about that. And then finally, on the day I left, the, the rehab facility and, and my wife Melanie picked me up they wheeled me out to the car and I got in the car and and uh, and we drove home and it was only then where I started to be able to move around a little bit on my own and found that I carefully could walk right I had done so much therapy that leg was there to do what it needed to do now I'm careful that I'm interesting enough not talking as i'm turning and walking uh, because the brain is only capable of so many things at first and you have to reincorporate those things and and make them automatic so that you can do multiple things at the same time and wow. I found that I, I need to make sure that i'm backing up I'm a little more careful than i normally would be or if i'm going down the stairs and I'm carrying something ah now be careful how you do that you know so there are little nuances that i'm finding are necessary in order for me to do well and not fall and improve and even on the stairs now I walk upstairs and and as i step on the step i'll step there and then i'll then I'll put my heel off of the step and practice lowering my heel down and back up again because that was what i was learning in therapy so all these things in therapy can be done a lot of them at least done near at home and then yeah. in my outpatient therapy, which I went to at the hospital with other therapists, I spent everything until last Friday with them, usually five sessions a week of of therapy as well. And again, they were taking me to the next step and to the next level. And they were extraordinary and so motivating that I just had to do it. And, yeah. and I I'd once again, go out there in the morning and then I get, get ready to come home and, and I'm just exhausted, like I need a nap. <laughs> and <laughs> sleeping is good for people that have had a stroke. Sleep is good for the brain to help recover. I mean, so I sleep more than I normally would, good. but now I've been d- determined to have what they call sleep apnea. And that's what mm-hmm. really caused the stroke in the beginning. So we're now defining what it was. And today is Wednesday. So Friday, I go to location and pick up an apnea mask and start nice, yeah.
1: that it's funny i have a co-worker that i travel with we go on you know work trips and he has had sleep apnea for years and he's always it, so we, that's his carry-on so he carries we get on the airplane back when we could fly and he's rolling his bag and then he's right. got his sleep apnea mask that he carries on and it's obviously important but it's because he, he needs it for his good sleep
2: but Exactly. I hear that's what's so important. my son-in-law uh, Guy Custer I found out now has sleep happening for a couple of years now and he says mm. it makes a huge difference. I was in my mind thought of people doing that saying oh it's got to be an inconvenience and all that but he said his sleep has improved dramatically. I mm. was determined that when I did a sleep study at the hospital they said you have 54 instances over each hour where you are not breathing when you should it's oh, wow. almost one a minute.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
2: And, and and apparently one at least one went way too long, and and we didn't get oxygen to the brain where I needed it. So uh, that was the reason for the stroke. So yeah. I'm, I'm hearing now that it will change my life. So I'm I'm looking forward to not having to sleep as much as I have been recently, and being yeah. able to have that renewed energy from that. But again, improve with everything else. I'm finding the piano is getting better every day. It's, it's like such a blessing to to wake up and sit on the piano. Oh, I couldn't do that yesterday. <laughs> now I can do it. No, uh, it just keeps getting better every day. God is so good I, to us. Oh,
1: Yeah, I can't imagine the scare you'd be under knowing that you might not be able to play again. I can't even, that, that would be heartbreaking. So.
2: For a moment, it was. And I said, yeah. no, wait. God does provide, and yeah. I know He'll do it. The other That's thing good. I should warn you about is that <laughs> one of the things with a stroke is that your emotional governor gets broken, and I can go from being serious to crying in a heartbeat. And so I have to be careful with that. So,
1: <laughs> Peter, I would say your emotional governor was already gone before that happened. So we're we're all okay. <laughs> totally. We're all okay. You're a very you've you've always been very pure and 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 beautiful with what you're feeling. So. It's now on
2: a very short trigger, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's good. No, it, it, that, thanks. For, I, I'm, I'm sure that nobody will be bothered, but it's good to explain why that's happening. I think it's yeah. been fascinating, you talking about recircuiting. Because, yeah, there's it's crazy how many things we don't even think about that we do. How many operations right. our brain does in our body that we don't even think about. Like, actually, I just realized while I was talking to you, I just scratched my shoulder and I scratched my ear, you know, because yeah. I had an itch. But I was saying yeah. something to you. But my, my, I didn't even ever decide to do that. You know, my brain just right. controlled my fingers up to do that while it's we're having amazing. this conversation.
2: It's amazing. There was a story, just to share a little bit about right brain, left brain, all this stuff. A story uh, I read years ago, because I always was curious about why I felt more right brain, more creative. And I did. I did a test on the Internet and then 21 questions and they said, answer the first question, it's really a multiple choice. Answer with your first instinct and go with it. I did all 21 questions and out of 21, I had 21 right brain answers. So, I was not not using this brain over here much at all. And I I could understand why I felt different than a lot of people because it just isn't the same. A lot of people love mathematics and stuff like that. And for a time, I did get into that with learning music. And I said, oh, we're done with that now. It didn't float my boat anymore. But now I'm realizing what it does and, and why the brains are so incredible and why we as humans can start to apply a thought process to saying maybe I need to be in my right brain more often than I'm not maybe I need to take singing hymns in meeting on Sunday with more emotion to make them come to life instead of singing almost as if we are an automatic pilot and just going through the process and wondering what if if the roast will be done before we get home and all that kind of stuff which we can do because we can multitask up here. But there are times when we probably shouldn't be multitasking. And so we have to consciously be aware that we need to put everything we're doing in the right perspective. And the the issue that came out of the study, I had looked on the internet, there was a story about a a gentleman that had been in a horrible uh, car accident. And apparently something in the car had, had cut down the back of his head and sliced it open and actually separated his left brain from the right brain. And there's an organ called the corpus callosum that connects the two together. And what we'd call in the computer business, we call it a bus, but it connects them together. And we use that connection all day long to make things happen, you know? And what I learned from that was that in his instance, it had separated, totally separated the, the two brains. So he had a left brain and a right brain and they could not communicate. But mm. the doctors had an opportunity to see what that does. And they somehow they were able to plug into his left brain only, and they would show him a coffee cup. What's this? Oh, it's a coffee cup. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. And they said, it's a coffee cup. <laughs> and, and they go, I don't know. And then they plugged into the right brain. What's this? I don't know what that is. How do you <laughs> think you could use that? It's got a handle on it. You could probably put a liquid in it. You could drink it. But what's it called? I don't know. And, and those are the things where their brains work together so beautifully, so perfectly. Wow. Only God could do that. <laughs> and to, to, to set that up. And, and so you know, apparently they were able to put them back together again. But that was an opportunity to do something that we would probably never do intentionally.
1: Yeah. Wow, I guess split brain theory won the Nobel Prize for science in in the early '80s, and it was this study on the on the man who had the split brain. Okay, okay, Fasc- yeah. fascinating. We take so so much for granted, and and you've gone through an amazing experience where you've you know seen the loss, but you have most of it back, or you're on your way back. That is quite a blessing. Oh, it's, you know, I can't tell you in words. I can't. Yeah. I,
2: Have to share with you in the future with music. That's the only thing I could best describe this.
1: Yeah, I liked your point about how we have to, we need to be focusing on the things that we're doing in the moment. And I've been thinking a lot about that with hymns how if the words are important, what you're saying is important. But if the emotion is not there, what are you doing? You know, exactly. If the feeling is not there, what is it a performance? You know, no, it's not a performance. It has to be something that elicits a feeling in you. Exactly. Yeah. It has to be.
2: You're right. It's a good point about the performance. We're not performing, but we want right. to share with God our joy and, and just wondrous feeling about what we can do here, not that yeah. we can multitask and think about the roast at the same time or, or the football game that will be on this afternoon. We are so amazing with our um, intellectual qualities that we can multitask all kinds of things, but do we mm-hmm. get what we want out of it at the time? And I submit that Sunday morning isn't a time to be multi. Asking regarding other things in your life, it's about him, and he is so good to us by allowing us that privilege. And we have a lot of us have, especially a lot of men. I I don't actually uh, admit to being total man because there are a lot of feminine feelings in my heart, my mind, and my and singing that that I, I blend together. So I think of myself as my mixture. But the concept of being able to get emotional about what you're singing and really get involved and change the volume and and downplay the particles uh, of the hymn verse and play and, and play up the, the verb or the nouns and that are so critical. And we tend to sing because we're most of us don't have a lot of background in singing, we tend to sing almost if we're doing everything the same. Every word is the <laughs> same importance and so forth. And so we have a monotone speaking while we're singing because we aren't feeling the difference between those lyrics. But if we put into play a concept of I want to bring out the word the Lord instead of the Lord, I, I find a huge difference in how I feel about it. And when I feel better about it, I do better, my thought process better, My I incorporate more things that I'm hearing. Uh, it, it's just incomparable how we can do things, but we can get into an, a, a mode where we don't not normally do that without thinking about it. And I would submit that we all ought to be thinking about how we can be more emotional and praise God every time we can. And, and I do it multiple times. For instance, a lot of us in my age are saying things like, I went up to the bedroom and I could not remember why I went there. And I, and I find myself in the basement where I do some work and I think, oh, I want to go to the bedroom and get something. So I walk upstairs and we have four levels with seven stairs each level, you know, so all the way up and all the way up and Get there and going, oh, why did I come up here? It drives me crazy. Then I I go back downstairs and I go, oh, that's right. I wanted to get my wallet because I wanted to pay that bill online or something. Oh, well, okay. But what happens is there's a part of our left brain that actually identifies everything our eyes see to allow us to say, oh, there's the couch or there's the TV or there's the kitchen or there's the living room. And so it's automatically doing that all day long. And so I'm trying to get to the bedroom to, to get one thing. And it's saying, gosh, TV, flooding me with information that I don't need. Right. So that right. can happen. And it, it, it's it's a struggle to overcome that because you're getting flooded every time you go through a door jam. Oh, all these new things. You know, here we go. And as I, I did one day, I, was, I don't know what made me do it, but I said to myself, you know what? The right brain could be helpful here because I want to change this from a, an item that I'm trying to get, to an experience that I'm trying to achieve. And the right brain is going to be more experiential than the left brain, it's going to be methodical. So I would say to myself, oh, Johnny Cash, he had that wonderful song called, I Walk the Line. And so he'd hum, and they'd do, I walk the line. Down. So I just changed the words to, mm, I walk the stairs to get my credit card. I'm going to pay that bill online right now. And when I do, I'll be done with that. And that's why I walk the stairs like that. And I found that every time I get to the bedroom, I know what I want because I was singing it in my right brain (laughs) while the left brain is going, couch, TV, living room. (laughs) So the right brain can overpower that if you think about it. So it's just fascinating fascinating how that can all work. So I, I rarely get anywhere where I don't know what I want. Because I sing a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do to make things more memorable by making that attachment or kind of combining those things and keeps it, keeps it sticky, keeps it memorable.
2: Making an experience. And we tend not to forget experiences. When we get older, we we forget all the things that we did. And, uh, but I guess 30 years ago, I did this because it was an experience rather than just an activity. And yes. that's critical, the more we do that. So people that are my age and older, remember what they did when they were young, but not so much what they did yesterday. And yeah. that's another part of, did we make that experience or did we make it just an activity? We
1: went- my Actually my favorite book, I've, It's it, that's not the Bible obviously, but my favorite book is called Moonwalking with Einstein. It's by huh. Jonathan Safran Foer. It's actually a book all about memory and how to improve your memory. And it highlights these different things, and it makes a couple points I wanted to bring out. One was it talks about how our spatial memory is actually the most powerful memory. Like you can you can have been to well like that hospital room or that that where you were for four days. You you actually remember tons of information about that room, but you can't remember what you had for dinner last week. Which doesn't yeah. doesn't make sense. Like yeah. the last week was last week, but you have all this information saved in the places that we've been because it's the most powerful form of memory. And then exactly um, the other one. And you were talking about experiences. Is that this book Moonwalking with Einstein talks about? His quote is really good. If you want to live a memorable life, you have to live memorably. You have to live in a way that that will help you remember the things that you're doing and. And exactly. the book talks about how your brain doesn't save repeated actions, which is why you can't remember what you had for dinner last week. You've sat right. down and had dinner at the table thousands of times. Your brain exactly. doesn't save all those times you drive through McDonald's and you get a big Mac. You're only, you only ever remember what one big Mac tastes like. You don't remember all the big Macs that you've ever had. Exactly. Your, your brain just yep. dumps those memories. Yeah, And that's how life can feel like it can speed up too. life sure. speeds sure. up because if you, And I think the pandemic has actually been a really interesting examination of this for a lot of people because your activities became even less. And now the the time went fast because I did the same thing. You know, all the days looked the same and my brain just started dumping the repeated memories. Exactly. So we had, we need to, and and it all leads back to the same point that you need to be in the moment when you're at church or doing whatever, because you need to live, you need to live in a focused, memorable way, Mm. make that an experience.
2: We need Um, to be able to get from service on Sunday to service on next Sunday throughout the whole week. So we need to make that a special experience that we can take with us and recall throughout the week and then get us through to to Sunday, we do it again. And and especially now with the pandemic where we've many of us have not been able to be there and we're doing this on television. Now there's an opportunity, unfortunately, where you can forget about that too. I mean, it's just TV. (laughs) It doesn't have the sensual quality that about being at service on sunday and all the emotion that comes with that so we're void of many of the triggers that would bring back what we heard that day it just seems right. like it's from the wrong
1: environment so, so true. Uh, i'm hoping that
2: we get back to that soon
1: yeah hopefully very soon yes the brain's an amazing thing just how how it connects and how we can feel things and but again it is it, it it's interesting hearing you talk and thinking all the way back to the beginning you talked about how to recover your speech, you actually return to some of your choral training to enunciate. Like and once you focus on enunciating, you actually are speaking better. It's attaching to, to a different experience, and then you're seeing progress. But that that really is also a, a level of focus you need to have, no matter what you're doing. Thanks. I need Excellent. to I've been trying to be more intentional with my face. I don't know if this makes sense. But I have for years, and my friends, people who know me well, will be laughing if they hear me say this, but I don't hide my emotions on my face. The the emotion I'm having is the emotion that's on my face. And so I'll be thinking about something that I'm worried about and I'll go full concerned face, you know, and then the problem is someone, someone new will come into the room to say hello. Someone's come over to the house and I, I don't drop this face. You know, I need, I need to go to this face. I need to say, Hey, I'm excited (laughs) that you're here. You know, I need to be able to control that deliberate action. You know, interesting. It is. What other uh, lessons would you take from this experience?
2: Well, in terms of memory, another one that I learned a long time ago, but which is becoming important as well, and I had the opportunity of this over the past several months to use this again, and that is that I took the uh, Dale Carnegie class that about how to win friends and influence people, but that was probably forty years ago when I, when I was working, and. They teach you about how to remember names because that's critical in the, in relationships. And they would say, look at the face and associate it with something that ma- makes you remember that name. Connect up the name with that person. And they said there are two important things that you need to do when you meet somebody, and they're very important. He said the first thing is always introduce yourself first. So, hi Levi, my name is Peter Claussen, and or rather, hi. Uh, My name is Peter Clausen. You say, "Oh, hi, my name is Levi Gelino." And so now, what I've done is your name came up second, and I'm not trying to take my name out of the picture because it's already gone. So, and so my response is, "Hi, Levi. How are you? Do you have any brothers and sisters? Did you grow up in this area, Levi? And where did you go to school, Levi?" All your questions come in with Levi. Now it does two things. People love to hear the name pronounced. They just love it. And number two you're going memory, 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 and right. plugging in. And it's just, it's fascinating. And and so I, I I had an opportunity when I graduated from the class after 10 weeks of uh, an hour, two hours every night, I, or rather one night a week for two hours. And and we went, I was back at my job and I was invited over to the Federal Reserve Bank in Cleveland as part of my job in marketing to work with them on a huge project they were going to remodel the bank. They're moving everything they were taking this huge coin vault and moving it somewhere else in the building. I mean, wow, you know? And back then in those days, we used to, used to transfer money from banks all over the country through a phone line. You dial up a number and send the money. Now it's much more sophisticated. But at the time, that was it. They had five people that were coming along with me. And I knew three of them and two of them, I was meeting, meeting the first time. So I did the same thing. Hi, uh, my name is Peter Clausen. I'm Levi. Hi, Levi. How are you? So, we went through that with the other two I didn't know. And then we walked into this big, huge meeting room, and there were 70 people around this huge conference table. And I said to myself, wow, this might be a chance to try this out. And so, <laughs> when the guy in charge of the meeting stood up and said, let's go around the room, introduce ourselves, and tell us what part of this job you're going to be doing. I said, great. So, I, I saw the first person. My name is Levi, and I pictured you and Levi in my mind. All I had no responsibilities once I had everybody there. I was just there as a to bring other people. They were all knew what they were going to do and, and all ready to go. So I did Levi, you know, and then the next person. My name is Jessica. I actually do this, or I'm going to do this, whatever. Levi, Jessica, Levi, Jessica. So I could go through these names like this, and I went around the entire room. And did that with each new person that stood up. I started at one and went through to the people we've done already and finally got up to all 70, having gone through their names. And I said, that's amazing. I never dreamed that was possible. I used to avoid people because I couldn't remember their name. And what I found was that the key element is that one, you have to make sure that you will remember their name instead of I can never remember names. So the instructor said to the class, never say I can never remember names because you turn your brain off and and the brain doesn't play ball then. It says, well, that's a job I don't have to worry about. (laughs) And and it doesn't. So uh, it's always put that in first, importantly first. So I went around the room probably three, four more times during the two hour meeting, all right, all the way through in my mind. At the end of the the meeting, I stood up and got to as many people as I could. And in order so that I had that memorized, I said goodbye to them. And I'd say, Goodbye, Levi. How'd you know my name? (laughs) And so I I made a point of it. And number two is I'd said it several times while we had the meeting. And so the whole concept is just incredible what our brains can do if we put them in charge of doing the job. I mean, don't tell it, you can't do this, so don't try. No. Uh, and, yeah, and that, ever since when I got to the hospital and, and there were like six thirty-five, forty 35, 40 people there and I had all their names every time I hi to them, how did you that?
1: I made a point of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's good. Cause it's that discipline, that focus essentially is what is probably what's helping you with your recovery as well. And obviously our Lord's blessing, but I mean, exactly. that you need, you need that, that determination. Exactly. And the people there they'll do anything for you because
2: you've already said, I remember your name, I intentionally remembered your name, and, and you become so important to them just by doing that, that they think more of you and they do more for you. It's a phenomenal aspect.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty basic way to to show your the self, you know, selflessness and love for someone is is by recognizing you know exactly. Keeping their name in your mind. Exactly. Right. This has been great, Peter. Is there anything else you want to talk about through the through this experience? I guess about your your faith specifically. Yeah. Talk uh, about your faith.
2: Yeah, it has actually renewed my faith. Now I have to thank Brother Dave Jennings. We were speaking on the phone last April, and he says, "Oh, we have a Bible study on in the morning, at the Verdugo Hills Bible Study Group." And you'd be welcome to join if you'd like. It's on Zoom. And so, forth. so I wrote down the address. And, so forth and, and the next day, join the class. And I have to tell you that I knew probably three people from that, from that group before. And meeting each of them, and they're all extraordinary brothers and sisters. And having them along with me in my journey and saying, I need. I'm thinking about them. You know, I'd say it's ten thirty it's one thirty my time, which is their mean me yeah. time at ten thirty you know, on your coast. And so I'd say, oh, they're doing race. I better make sure now. I'd, I usually was at therapy at those times, but I would make sure that when I got back. I would actually take the readings that they did and do them on my own and so forth. So I wanted to stay connected with them and had special connection to others and especially to them because they're wonderful people. Uh, uh, Kind of gave me the incentive to make sure I kept up with the Bible readings. Now, at first I read them to myself and then uh, I realized that I get more out of it when I read out loud as if I was reading for the Zoom call. And so I would start reading out loud. And then I would say, okay, let's put some expression into that to to make these words important and these not so important as over and really bring this out as if we were doing this to share with other people. They would be interested. They'd be more interested if I made it more like an actual story and I brought it to life. And so I would do that. Now that triggered a lot of things going on in my mind about how I need my faith, how I need to be with them, how we need our brothers and sisters around the world. I receive cards from everywhere and emails and posts on Facebook from everywhere around the world. It was absolutely phenomenal. And that love and care and encouragement can overcome anything. Yeah. I knew I could do it, and I knew with with God's help and with their encouragement, we're going to get through this. So yeah. there was only a brief moment where I said, well, what am I going to do with my life? I can't play the piano anymore. <laughs> I just say that I, I define my life with that, but I do sometimes. <laughs> and at least that's where the ultimate gratitude can come from in sharing God's music with other people and, and bringing it to life. So that has made a huge difference in my life. Live yeah, and has kept me going. And the calls we do each day uh, are the same way.
1: That's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's interesting this year how we've been disconnected, but also more connected. You know, we've lost our in-person, so much of our in-person time. We've lost right. our singing, but with that and with the blessings of technology, we've really been able to connect in different ways. In some ways, more often, and in better ways. But still, yeah, I'm looking forward to singing to singing again specifically, and have been a big group and a big place. Obviously, we know it's interesting this disease is so specifically dangerous for that. But you've heard earlier on it was church choirs actually that were that were initial spreading events back exactly, you know a year right. ago. Exactly. And um, it's like a specific attack on that part of our life, but I'm looking forward to very much that changing.
2: That's right. The Zoom hasn't overcome the ability to try to make music work on, on online. Everything else goes real well. But music yes. doesn't cut it, and it's a it huge it. loss. So yeah. uh, vi- videos and things like that are helpful.
1: Yeah, I think it, our our has been meeting on Zoom as well, and I, I'm always. It feels like every Sunday there's always one moment where you're reminded that it's not perfect. You know, the technology doesn't work exactly right. You know, there's always one. Maybe sometimes there's more, and it's such a funny reminder that we're not meant to meet this way. You know, we're meant to meet all in person. We're not meant to meet this way, but we're thankful that we can. And again, hopefully it's not for much longer, but.
2: Exactly. What I find, uh, and I've been back at meeting, we've had some of us live at meeting for a few months now. And the thing that comes up is that one, we're not singing really big, so we're missing that. But this concept of having a video playing with music that we sing along, we tend not to be as involved in our singing as the person singing is. It's almost like we're singing along in a concert or whatever. And, yes. and we're not taking the responsibility to actually praise God with our music. We're going through the process of it, but not really involved as much as we should be. And so I've been noticing yeah. how critical that is in order for us to get back to where we used to be or even improve on what we used to do by saying, ah, now there are new ideas here. We found this out and this out. And how can we be better at what we're doing on Sunday than what we even used to do? So it's a whole new world awaiting us. And with God's blessing, that'll yeah. be soon, and we can praise yeah. Him with all of our minds, all of our hearts, and all of our voices. It'll be thrilling.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I yeah. hope my emotions. That's can so it. true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Peter, for this conversation. I really appreciated it, and I hope I hope it'll be helpful to other people as well. And I'm, I'm glad. Well. I'm, I'm so glad you're doing well and and uh, improving, and I hope that you continue to do. And I'm looking forward to hearing you play again.
2: I look forward to that as well. Thank you so very much, Levi, and love to everybody uh, all around the world in this environment. (laughs) I I love you. I might not have met you yet, but I love you. And we'll find a time where we can meet eventually as well. And (laughs) let's make it happen. We are so incredibly blessed to have what God has given us and to find a way to make it work every day of our lives.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Peter. God bless.
2: Thank you. God bless you as well, Levi.